We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. A little bit of a delayed release here on Friday, December 1st, welcoming you in. Uh, it's been just a hectic situation around the house for me uh, with family and everything. So uh, trying to get something recorded here as we turn to the new month. always like to do that. And, you know, Andrew, you and I were talking about it off air a little bit, man, that like this is the weirdest week of the season because it feels like a bye week because Essentially, everything we're seeing, hearing, reading about the Browns from press conferences and whatever else, if you watched, like, it was really funny. I think I want to give a shout out to Jeff Lloyd. There was this, there was this, uh, the video they're doing of the, the press conferences on the West Coast. It was just like from the tip of the shoulders up on um, Schwartz, and it, he was wearing an orange shirt, and he responded and quote tweeted it, not guilty because it looked like he was on a video conference from a jail with an orange shirt on. So it was really hilarious. It is the weirdest part of media on the West coast is that we don't get anything until like dinner time or after. So you don't even hear anything about what's going on out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It feels very um, separate from uh, like the day to day, you know, because it's the, t- the time is different, but also none of the media, as far as I can tell are out there. So they're all, kind of watching from a distance right and so it's you know there's no like observations from the beginning of of the open portion of practice or whatever and so um yeah it's just been a weird one it it, like you said it kind of feels like a second bye week which you know listen I mean this has been a a tumultuous season I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for fans to have like a week where it's just kind of quiet um and you know they're trying to get healthy trying like hell to get healthy for for Sunday so I think it's all right, all things considered. Um, but it is it is funny, and I do think it's funny that the production values on their zooms haven't been worse all season when they are actually in LA. You know, like yeah. a, there's got to be somebody out there with a green screen. You have to imagine. It's it is funny that those production values are awful because they are, and everybody's leaning in. There's a couple folks who traveled. You know, you can tell. You want a great example of media budgets across the landscape tightening up. This is your is your perfect example because you have to stay out there in a hotel all week, right? In the in the in the plane yeah, it's like travel, a two thousand dollar trip. 
it is expensive. So having somebody on site becomes a little less necessary when you get Zoom conference stuff here. So anyway, it listen, it looks like there's a trending set of three things that are important. Amari Cooper is not going to miss the game is what he's saying. He's not going to let sore ribs cause him to miss a game. He prides himself on playing. So that's a really big part of the process. We know how vital he is to the offense. Also, interesting data out there as we're talking about now, Joe Flacco is trending towards starting Dorian Thompson Robbins still uh, Robinson still in the concussion protocol through Thursday. Now, obviously, we're recording this and there's not been a Friday set of information, but at this point, we have to presume it'd be really hard to throw Dorian Thompson Robinson. I guess I'll, I'll ask you the question, Andrew. If he practiced today, would you feel comfortable with him starting? I, I know I probably wouldn't. I don't want to rush that endeavor for him. I know there's like he's the LA guy and he's practicing at his old alma mater and all that stuff. I'm sure he wants to play, but I just feel like the worst thing I could do is rush that young man back on the field. Yeah. You figure he's probably got some, some um, family that are going to be there, even if he's not playing, you know, so it's a shame. It is a shame for him. I mean, I I think there was a potential here. I'll say it this way for a really beautiful story. If he leads them to a comeback win in Denver, because he was heating up and they were starting to look really good on offense. And he does that and then spends the whole week in LA kind of getting local and national adulation for being a fifth round rookie, you know, on a team that's, you know, uh, eight and three. And, you know, I mean, there was a whole script here that they almost writes itself. Right. And then it culminates in him getting a win in LA, you know, and just kind of like really hitting that next high um, in his career. But unfortunately that's not, that's not where we're at. I think as far as him playing, if it's PJ Walker, then I think I'd rather take DTR with no practice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, because Walker is just at this point. I mean, I don't know how they're going to manage the roster. I would be fine with them releasing Walker and trying to re-sign him to the practice squad as an emergency-only option because I, I think I, I don't want to see him on the field anymore this season. Uh, but since they have Joe Flacco, I assume that after you know two weeks in the system, he's got at least a few things down. He's a smart guy. He's a, you know, he's been in the league forever. He's been in other systems like this. I, I got to figure he's got the playbook, you know, enough to get the plays out in the huddle. It's certainly better than where Josh Dobbs was at a few weeks ago with Minnesota, right? So, um, given he's not that, an astronaut though, so keep that's that true. Mind. No, he's no astronaut, but he is from Delaware. Um, Touche. Yeah, uh, I, I, I would just, I think the veteran leadership does matter. It's another road game. I, I think the team is going to respond to having Joe Flacco in the huddle, as weird as that is to say. So, uh, yeah, I, I would I I would be hesitant to throw DTR out with this little practice, and I I think the I would assume that the coach is, is having the same thoughts. The interesting conversation becomes if they win this week, who starts next week against Jacksonville at home? Because I I think you could make an argument both ways pretty strongly. It seems as though Flacco evokes a lot of confidence talking about Amari Cooper saying he throws a beautiful football. I mean, I'm watching the tape from last year. I know a lot of people are just kind of grossed out by the idea of Joe Flacco anymore because he's bounced around to several different places. I get that. He can sling it still, man. Like he can really rip it. And there's not a arm strength deficiency with him as he's gotten older here, where I will say the thing that stood out when I studied some tape is like the old man, I don't want to get hit syndrome. That's a very real thing. Tom Brady was living in that last year. Drew Brees obviously did. These old guys don't want to get hit, and I don't blame them because it's harder to recover the, the the rougher beating you take. And, you know, two things is Flacco, when he gets sacked, ball security is not good, right? We talked about when the Browns haven't had Watson in this year. This is the startling metrics that are out there. They've had two touchdown passes without Watson on the field, and they've had 
11 turnovers, quarterback driven turnovers. So it's, it's sobering to think of like, that's the data and they're still seven and four. It's actually wild uh, that they, that, they, that, that that's the result that they've had. So again, I say, and I don't like saying it this way. Like, I don't think Flacco can be a whole lot worse than the collective that we've seen, right? You you take away those four drives from DTR, you're probably saying the same thing. Like it's not very hard for him to be as competent as what they've put on the field. Um, which, you know, again, Dorian had a really nice sort of run there against Denver, but we wanted to see more of that to sort of validate it, but we don't. So I don't know. I'm asking you, Andrew, what's your level of confidence with him? I don't think either of us feel great about this game. We'll talk about it when we do picks here in a minute, but what's your level that Flacco can get something resembling decent quarterback play going this weekend? I think there's a whole other conversation that we'll have in the off season about, you know, this offense and, and how you separate the quarterback issues from the play calling from the, you know, scheme design from the the talent around the quarterback all you know obviously losing Nick Chubb in week two you know we we were talking about this recently you know in our work slack just in terms of I think you know Sumer Sports kind of put out a a chart of where the Browns sit success rate and EPA and and they're they're you know by those two metrics combined they're kind of like the fourth worst offense in the league and the only ones that they're ahead of are the two New York teams God bless them and uh the Carolina Panthers and you know the Panthers have already fired their coach we know what's going on with the Jets the Giants have been starting Tommy DeVito like they're in really rough company and so um I I think there's a bigger conversation to be had and and obviously that's not now is not the time for that to your question I I yeah I think Flacco can keep that up (laughs) like considering where they've been I I don't think the bar is that high for him to be able to keep that going and you know to your point about him not wanting to get hit hey great we right now there's three quarterbacks on the Browns that just eat hits like they're blocking sleds man so um it would be really cool to watch a quarterback preemptively say like oh I this guy's uh unblocked on the edge I'm just gonna throw this ball into the stands that would be neat I would be excited to see that frankly because it's (laughs) been 11 weeks of these guys just getting demolished and that has led to at least some of the quarterback issues. Like some of these injuries have been of their own making, right? I mean, I'm certainly talking about Watson, but that DTR play, that ball could have been thrown away like six times before he finally take the, took that hit. So, uh, I if the if if there's a few more throwaways that maybe you know maybe it gets frustrating to some fans that he won't hang in there and make the tough throw. I think this offense can be okay because part of their problem is they need to be on schedule. And if he's not taking sacks and instead he's, you know, it's, it's an incompletion. You go again on second and 10. I think that's all right. Comparatively. Yeah. The bar here is not very hard to clear. And and what we're hoping for is maybe even an uptick. Like I said, we've seen Elijah Moore be a hell of a lot more effective wide receiver in his snaps with Joe Flacco than any quarterback in his career. So so maybe that's something to, to to sort of key in on that he's got a chance to deliver the football. Look, I don't think he's going to be immune to turnovers, right? I think there's going to be some plays where he turns a football over, but for the most part, like I really don't think it can get a whole lot worse. Actually, the funny thing is, I want to ask you, Andrew. The Browns have nine touchdown passes this year, which is pretty laughable for me. That's under a touchdown pass a game when you look at when you look at things. They're tied for 29th. Who are the three teams below that number? 
see if you can rattle them off. So there are three teams, one tied with them, and then two below oh. that number of touchdown passes. Well, I mean, I just based on what I just said, I would go Jets, Giants, Panthers. Wrong. I was actually looking it up. I couldn't believe it. So one of those is true. Jets, they have seven on the year. The Giants have 11. The Panthers have 11. So they're Oof. both outpacing the Browns and passing touchdowns. Oof. The Tennessee Titans have nine tied okay. with the Browns. And then your Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> have have, uh, have seven also tied with the Jets. So the Patriots have more touchdown passes than the Browns. They have 10. The Panthers, the Cardinals, the Giants. Yeah, that's just jarring where they're at. Uh, when we talk about pass game production now, again, I know they've run for some touchdowns this year. That's been a large part of what they've done, but it is staggering to think of where they could be if they'd just gotten some average quarterback play here uh, at some point. But anyway, we'll, like you said, we'll, sh- we'll shelve that discussion, sort of save it for later. Um, two names that are important. We're looking ahead here. Denzel and Miles. We'll see what happens with Anthony Walker. Uh, I feel a little bit more op- optimistic about that. It seems like Miles Garrett is trending to play. I mean, we see, we see him doing medicine ball pushups. If your shoulder is in bad shape to the point of like, even to the point that he came off of the car accident, Andrew, where he had that, uh, you know, he missed that game in Atlanta last year. You, you, you're not doing things of that nature. So I, I actually think Miles is going to play. I've heard nothing about Denzel Ward, so I'm leaning toward him not playing. Do you have Agreed. a differing opinion on that? No, I think I think his injury is more severe than, you know, because it's also like a shoulder and neck situation. I, I think it's, a, I think it's, a, you know, just reading between the lines, it's just, it's got to be a pretty serious injury if he's, you know, now looking at being out two games in a row and um, not even sniffing the practice field. Uh, as far as miles and the medicine ball pushups, my shoulders, as far as I know, are perfectly healthy and I can't do those. So, uh, you know, you'd have to imagine he's probably feeling okay. So, um, yeah. I, different shoulder structures there, just off the hunch. Oh, interesting. I, I don't, I'm not 100% sure what you mean, Jake. Uh, I, yeah, I think he plays. I think it's one of those things where he plays even if he's at like 50%, right? Um, and you know, I don't think he's going to be himself, right? Because I think, I I think he's going to be adjusting to a, you know, a different sort of, you know, way to win those battles, um, because he's, he's going to be limited. Uh, I remember that he was, he was limited when he came back from, from the car accident, right? There was a week or two where he just couldn't do what he wanted to do and he was playing fewer snaps, et cetera. So, uh, I mean, they need to succeed in the in the rush here against the Rams without him. Frankly, you know, they like he can be out there, and and I'm sure, you know maybe he runs into one or whatever, but they need to figure out a way as a as a unit to succeed here. Um, you know, there's, there's a ton of pressure on Zadarius Smith and Okoronkwo. I think here to just kind of like I mean, it's a homecoming game of sorts for Okoronkwo. You know, he was a he was. The first part of his career was in in Los Angeles. I he I can't remember if he was undrafted or dra- drafted late. But, drafted okay, yeah, but him. but yeah, he, so he started in L.A. He was drafted by them. So he, I think he's going to be motivated, you know, to set some things right. So that I think that you know, there's an opportunity for them to get after these things without Miles. Um, it will be better, I think, to have Miles out there because even if even Miles at sixty percent is probably better than most rush players in the league, honestly. But I I just think people should temper their expectations. A little bit yeah yeah i agree but it's 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 a game where they really need the defensive line to be exceptional to absolutely win i mean they have to make life hell on stafford i should mention anthony walker um did practice yesterday limited in capacity but did not practice on thursday so wednesday i'm sorry practice he did not practice yesterday but his tag with an illness it's actually jarring to look at the injury report we've been doing this for a while now but there are six uh it looks like six guys on the ram side 
Uh, what's your number? You get to guess on the brown side. What's your number? It's like 20. Yeah, 17. Yeah. So actually, it's bananas how yeah. many are on that list. Not that a bunch of them are not practicing, but just like mm-hmm. they have to list these guys who are really beat up. So, well, and you see, you see, I'll just say one quick thing. You see this happen sometimes with teams that have this happen. The Ravens did it a few years ago when they had that nightmarish injury season. They go in the offseason and they reevaluate everything they're doing from a training staff perspective, right? Now, part of this is the Browns started training camp in, you know, mid July, right? So they've been. They've been engaged for longer than any other team, basically, other than the what the Jets, right? But, but uh, part of this is, yeah, you look at the training staff, you look at the medical staff, you look at everybody associated with the organization because if there's anything happening that they can fix, they need to, right? Because some of this is just bad luck. Injuries, some of it is driven by luck. But some of it could be potentially something in the way that they're practicing, in the way that they're recovering, whatever that they can address in the off season. And, and if, if you can avoid this sort of a nightmare season, obviously you do anything in your power to avoid it. Yeah. I want to close. Um, it's a good point there. I want to close with JOK because it's another example of like nationally, the issues we have with, with people not recognizing him. If you're interested in like the data and film, I posted about this. Uh, it's going to be up at the OBR. Uh, so if you're, if you're really interested in it, He's playing some of the best linebacker football uh, in the, in the, in again, he's not a Mike, he's a will. So it's a little different snap count perspective stuff here, but he's playing some of the best football in the NFL. He is at the top of the league in stop tackle percentage. So those plays that constitute a failure for the offense from the run side, um, playing really sound coverage. I guess what I'm looking for is like, is he becoming the guy we thought he could be right? Like, I think when he was drafted, they traded up. We thought he be, could be in the Roquan Smith level, right? That same Fred Warner type at the time. Uh, I'm trying to think who else is. I mean, Shaq Leonard was up there at the time. It's ironic. Shaq Leonard is kind of his position type of, of guy here as a will. He's He probably isn't going to be a Mike, or maybe there is development there to make him a Mike and make him a guy who can call the defense and be on the field every snap. But I'm encouraged, man. And I, I just want to kind of give him a shout. I'm not looking for anything too in depth here, but but like the way he played last week, Schwartz quote on him, which I thought was really exceptional. He doesn't like to talk about individual players after a loss because he just doesn't think that that sits right. But but the the quote he had here, Andrew, I'll read it. It's it's rather lengthy, but I think it's pretty insightful. He said, "You don't want to want to point out to individuals when we lose, but I think there's an exception there. Twelve tackles, two for loss, a sack, forced fumble, really all over the field for us." We need him to play that way down the stretch. And I think the thing I'm proudest of with Jeremiah is his ability now uh, that he thinks he's growing uh, to put the bad plays behind him. Nobody goes out there in 60 for 60 on their play chart in terms of positive plays. You're going to have some rough spots, and there were some times early in the season where he would let one mistake sort of snowball into two mistakes or three mistakes, and it would get him down. But the thing I was most pleased with was the way he was, uh, played um, with not his, just his production, but his preparation and his ability with Jason Tarver to make corrections on the sideline, put some mistakes and things like that behind him. I think that's probably the thing that stood out for me most. But his speed instincts, much improved in the pass game, not just as a pass rusher, but like in his zones. I think I said, um, like I said, Schwartz continued, we're going to need performances like that late in the season. Games become more and more important, and Jeremiah can do those things for us like that. Uh, for us, the better the position will be down the stretch. Um, I would just say I think he's becoming one of the best in the league. I don't know what that looks like, the contract stuff where an extension happens, but I uh, 
I just remain sort of blown away by how quickly he can adjust, counteract, and find a plan to get home and whatever it is, right? Screen game, he's so good at it. He can jump those. He can play curl flat, exceptionally quick. He's one of the few guys who's got that punch-out ability, which is uh, sort of a unique knack to get, get the football out of people's hands. And, uh, you know, he hasn't had, like, a groundbreaking turnover where he returns some play or, you know, returns something for a touchdown. There's the turnover stuff that he's creating, the fumbles, not necessarily recovering them. I just worry that he's not getting the respect. And, that, again, that kind of boils down to everybody does that respect thing. Now, I was watching uh, Maslin, which shout out to them, won their first state championship in the in the pole, uh, non-pole era, right, won their first bracket state championship. They're walking out with Maslin against the world flag. I think we're going too far with that. I think there was a thing out there, Andrew, where there 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 started to be this nation thing, and um, boy, that has gone. That's beyond gone too far. Now this uh, the only time I ever remember seeing versus the world was the Ohio State fan. I don't. Maybe you saw it before I did, but it was the Alabama game in like fourteen. The the young man in the stands wearing Ohio against the world or something like that. That was the first time I remember seeing anybody do that or seeing that phrase out there. But I think we're getting a little too far in the uh, against the world uh, sort of mantra. But anyway, JOK is uh, back to the disrespect part of where he's at. I think he deserves some serious respect. And they, like they said, they they need him to keep playing like that, man, because if he does that, he's a gigantic difference maker for them. I mean, it doesn't even really need to be said. He's just right. he's he's special. He, I, yeah, I think the easiest way to say it is that he is the the best version of what we thought he could be coming into the draft. I mean, what you know, this is before I was really a, a part of the OBR, but I remember um, the excitement from you and Stephen Thomas when the Browns traded up for him on 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 that night of the draft, you know, a few years ago, and you know, I think there was some question for a while if if the player that you saw at Notre Dame was ever going to show up in the NFL this year, that's what's happened. Right. And so one of the biggest changes of the the scheme changing from Woods to Schwartz is that JOK is getting to play the way that he played at Notre Dame and he's excelling at it. And so, uh, you know, typically with, with defensive players, especially national media is like a year or two late, you know, it, it, it just takes a while, especially if you're not you know, getting a lot of primetime games, which the Browns certainly aren't. Um, it just takes a while for those, you know, for those people who don't watch every game, which is, you know, everybody in the national media to, 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 to get hip to somebody, you know, I mean, but I'll say this, if, if Roquan Smith can get um, a shout out for having 21 tackles in a game. In a which, loss. Yeah. In a, in a, right. Thank you. In a loss. Um, then certainly what JOK is doing deserves some national attention from somebody, but you can't hold your breath on that stuff. I, I, as far as your point about, you know, the the disrespect thing, it is true that everybody is using that as a motivational tactic. It is also true, I think, and I, I really mean this. I, I'm, I, I think I'm coming into this with a, a my bias is under control. I really do think the Browns are getting, I don't even think disrespect is the right word. They're getting ignored. Yeah, ignored. because that's because exactly people right. would rather not talk about them, and that's different yeah. than disrespected, right? It's not even a conversation of who's good; it's just a question of we don't want to talk about those guys yeah. because we don't want to have the difficult Deshaun Watson conversations. And we liked Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry until they made that trade, and now we don't know how to feel about them, and so it's just easier not to talk about them. And that's the sad truth. 
I don't know where that goes over time. I don't know if that ever goes away. It feels to me like people didn't want to talk about the Browns for a long time because they were bad. So I think for a lot of national people, it's just kind of easy to ignore them. It's a, you know, it's a smaller market. They're barely on prime time. They're not, you know, they're good, but they're not too good to ignore right now. The quarterback thing is a mess. So it's kind of hard to know where to place blame and credit and all these, you know, they're, they're a sticky subject, right? Just like, I don't have any idea what's going on with the Patriots, right? Cause I don't watch Patriots games. I don't know. It feels reflexive to say that Bill Belichick has just, you know, screwed everything up, but I don't know what's actually going on up there. Uh, but that's how I think that's kind of how people feel about the Browns is it's just like, I don't know what's happening there. So I'm just not going to talk about them. And that might continue. I mean, people need to be prepared for that to just continue through the entire Deshaun Watson era, because listen, people got really good at ignoring the Browns for a long, long, long time because they were so bad. And I think it's just, it's a habit at this point. I, I will say though, I thought I remembered, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just thinking back fondly on this, but 2020, they were seven and three, same record as they were this year. I remember they were everywhere. They were talking yeah, no, about they were. everywhere. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I mean, so, Kevin Stefanski was coach of the year. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I'm not saying they're always going to get ignored. I'm saying yeah. people are putting back on the same uh, robe of ignorance that they had during the Hugh Jackson, Mike yeah. Pettin era. Right. My gen- my general point is that you're right about like the post to Sean Watson stuff that that's where we're at. And I mean, if they were good, those years, like again, 2020 is just the only example we right. have. Like right. they were talked about quite a bit. So I don't know who ca- it's, it's a mat. It's a real, Whopping who cares? Thing, well, but, but we've you, talked you about this do, before. It does you, matter. It does matter because part of the NFL is the fun of your team getting talked about. It, it, it's it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable to ha- to have whoever do a fifteen minute video breakdown of how good the Browns are, and it's like, hey, he's seeing the same things I'm seeing, and you know, like they they're, now they're getting talked about on NFL Countdown, and you know, CBS does a whole package on. Oh my God, you know, JOK is one of the best linebackers nobody's talking about. And it's like none of that stuff's happening and it just kind of sucks. Yeah, it feels like they're one of the most forgotten about seven wins, seven and three teams at the time, now seven and four. We'll see if they force a little bit more of that conversation. But I, I think that some of it too is team, people aren't taking them serious because of the quarterback stuff, which I, I understand. The last team I think that started three quarterbacks and made the playoffs or four quarterbacks that made the playoffs was the 15 Texans. They went nine and seven. You know, it's an uninspiring group of quarterbacks over there, too. So I, I think a li- it's a mixture. It's a mixture of things. I don't I don't think that there's a direct immunity to talking about the Browns in a good way. I just think that the, the, the sort of the discussions that you see, which I thought were funny. I read a couple things about are these teams Super Bowl contenders? And this was, again, when they were seven and three, seven and four, you can start to like, eh, it changes things a little bit, but seven and three is a pretty serious, strong record. And at the time they were a half game out of first place. They weren't even on the list. Like they would the, the, these presentations would be made. And they weren't even on the list. So I, I do think it's a mixture of your point. They don't want to have to talk about the Browns unless they have to. And then obviously the quarterback stuff is making people just brush them to the side, which again, understood, get it. But I don't think you, even if the defense has had an off game, the Denver game was sort of an off game. They're still really good. They're still really historic. The pace is, unbelievable still whether you want to accept it or not or try to point to the quarterbacks that they've played at times like whatever example you want to give for why they are where they are they still are doing some special things so we'll see if they can do that a little beat up here when they get to LA but nonetheless we'll keep tracking it for you keep poking 
fun at people maybe missing the opportunity to talk about a good football team, but it's uh, it's not it's it's an annoying thing, but you try not to let it take away from your enjoyment of what you're watching uh, every single week here. So anyway, we're gonna take a break, come back, and then do our weekend picks and try to be better better than we were last week. So we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. So, why would you go Game Time? They have flash deals, last minute tickets, they're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats, like I said, before you buy them. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds, and they're sent directly to your phone. All right, so you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that Game Time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets. Create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co. But I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon, using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
Okay, last week on the college side, rivalry week, I went five and three. You went three and five, Andrew. That puts us for the season. Me, 38, 31, and one. You are 39, 30, and one. We are neck and neck going into the conference championship slate here. All right. So here's what we got big games, interesting spreads. We got mm-hmm. Oregon, Washington for the Pac 12 championship, the final Pac 12 championship. And it's Washington getting 10 points. Mm hmm. I'm going to go to the side of Washington here, largely just because I think you're, you, Washington's going to be like, yo, we're, I, I, again, I think Oregon's better. Mm-hmm. I thought they were better the first time they played. But 10 points is a real disrespect. Like that card of like nobody believes in us. So oh, here we are again. That that <laughs> card is being played. Washington against the world. They are, 10 points is just too many, man. I really think they're going to rally to that. Not sure they win, but 10 points, I'll take those 10 points. Yeah, I agree with you. How does this finish as more than a one-score game? I don't see it, right? I mean, both offenses being so prolific, it's like, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, 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 you got to take the ten points there. I, I don't understand that line. I know people love Oregon. I, I think the, you know, I've said this all year. This year being a twelve-team playoff because both of these teams deserve to be a playoff team. You know, like I, I just think, I think any any other of these teams that we're going to talk about would be scared to see either Oregon or Washington even come into their place, right? Like I, I think yeah. SEC teams, et cetera, like they're, they're both really good football teams. They both deserve to be in the playoff. It's a shame that only one can go. Texas, Oklahoma State. Texas is last year here in the Big 12. So 15 and a half, Texas is laying. I think I got to go Oklahoma State on this. I think Texas wins by two touchdowns, but that's so many points in a conference championship game. I, I really think I'm going to take those points. Yeah, I, I I know, like, I always want to take points in a championship game. There's going to be one somewhere that's going to be a blowout, right? Like, there's it, it's just kind of the way it goes. It's, some team is not ready, and, and you know, the, the team that's favored is, is just a lot better than them and, and gets ahead early, and, you know, it just gets away from them. I don't think this is the one. I think Oklahoma State will be, you know, again, there's all this extra motivation too, right, because Texas is going to the SEC, all that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll take the I'll take fifteen and a half points for sure. Georgia, Alabama. Alabama's laying I'm sorry, getting five in this game. Georgia continues to be a machine. Alabama we questioned that Auburn line and Auburn proved us wrong last week. And actually one of the worst like last minute loss. I mean I can't even fat I, I couldn't my mouth was open with um Yes stunned yep. I, I i couldn't believe that happened couldn't believe it I, yeah I'll leave it that. i mean it's um, it's, tough, it's tough when you know you let a guy get behind you on a fourth and 31 i'll say that i mean it has to be up there with the kick six mm-hmm. it, oh, it's sure. right there right sure. there with it uh anyway i think i'm gonna take georgia i just i don't know man maybe you feel better about alabama than i do but i i just feel like georgia is Eventually, George is going to lose. It's going to happen. I just don't know. I don't know when, and I can't, mm-hmm. I, I can't get a feel for when that's going to happen. I don't. I don't like any of the teams to challenge them this year. Like, you don't think like Oregon? I don't, I don't. I don't think so. No, okay. I really. I really think that George is going. to – I mean, I'm talking about win, not spreads necessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think George is going to win out. I really do, and that's such yeah. a like boring thing. But yep. whatever. I, I think I'll take them to cover and win by a touchdown. I'll take the five points here with Alabama, just on the the assumption that it'll be a field goal game. You know, Jaden Milrow has just improved, you know, leaps and bounds over the course of the season. So, I think he sure has. 
I think it's worth kind of just betting on, you know, the Nick Saban thing, you know, but I, I mean, there's a good chance here, like you said, that it's just a Georgia, you know, all the what a parade all the way to the title. They're machine. This really sucks. Carson Beck is as good as he is too, because they don't deserve that. Anyway, Michigan, Iowa, in a real exciting Big Ten championship game. It is twenty-two points, man, for yep. a conference championship game mm-hmm. we're seeing here. I think I'm going to take twenty-two points. I think there's is a real path to Michigan winning, like forty to twenty-one or something like that. Like, mm. I don't even know how. Actually, I don't even know how Iowa gets that many points on the board. So right. that's wrong. I think it's. I'd have to presume it's like a twenty-eight, seven, twenty-eight, three. I, I, I just can't. Like Iowa's defense is still pretty good, and I think Michigan is. They're in between offensively, right? I don't think that they're that good. I thought they had a nice game plan against Ohio State, and that's kind of what I presumed would ultimately happen. JJ McCarthy made just enough throws, but I didn't leave that game thinking Michigan is a powerhouse offensively, and I, I just kind of think Iowa. They're not beating them, but they're you know they're going to be within a couple scores. So I'll take 22 points. So this is the one that I think is a blow up. Okay. I think, okay. I think Michigan with Harbaugh back, it's like a whole thing, you know? Yeah. So I, I'll, I am, I am laying the 22 points here because like you said, I don't think Iowa can probably score more than 10. So the, the job for the defense is to hold them down to like, you know, Michigan down to 30 points. And I think that's definitely doable, but I, I mean, Ohio state has a pretty good defense and Michigan, you know, put, put some points on them. So, um, yeah, I, I just think this is like the, the Michigan game where, every, you know, they get out over their skis before the playoffs start. If you're Iowa, why wouldn't you just run like seven or eight trick plays? Why, why wouldn't oh, you just throw yeah, you everything throw. at them? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, traditionally these Iowa games, isn't like Ferentz is the sun is done as the yep. offensive coordinator at the end of the year. So like, if Iowa just goes in there and like lines up an eye formation and tries to win the football, like I, th- that would be, so ridiculous yeah like just I, throw everything in the bag at them the only thing i'll say is that i think it might be illegal for a iowa hawkeye team to run a trick play like there might be something in the state constitution of iowa that prevents them from doing anything up. other than i form that adds up i believe you that's the scary part all right louisville florida state again i don't know i don't even know this one this is a this is the smallest line we have on the slate so it's the Jordan Travis effect, right? That the Florida sure State is, is still going through some some quarterback stuff and looked vulnerable against Florida for a while before pulling away. They're laying one and a half in this one. Florida State is. I'll, I'll take that. I think they win by a field goal. I really like that running back for Florida State. I don't know if you've got a chance to watch Trey him Benson. Much. Yeah, he's, very good. He's a hoot Burner. to watch, man. Yeah, him and Bucky Irving, man, the Oregon kid. Mm-hmm. They're, they're fun. I like that um, the, the the more diminutive style of running back. You know that. Um, they're, I mean, they're not small, but they're compact. I guess is the way to yeah. say it. Yeah. Yep. Um, I like them too. Uh, yeah. I, I'm. I. Ooh, this is a tough one for me. I actually. You know what? I'm going to have some fun here. I'll take Louisville to pull the upset. Right on. So for Ohio State to get in, the following things have to happen. Right. Washington has to win. You need Michigan to win. Mm-hmm. You need Texas to lose, probably. Mm-hmm. And you need Florida State to lose. Not. All too improbable nope. to think about happening. Yeah, the Texas one is the tough one, I think. It is the tough one. Some people would still argue that Ohio State should get in over Texas, but I don't think that's going to happen. SMU Tulane is, uh, we have two games of teams you've probably not watched, maybe even a down of this year, guys, So, but we have to get to our number. SMU Tulane <laughs> laying three and a half. 
You got Tulane. Michael Pratt, nice quarterback. Yeah. Them, uh, at Tulane. He'll play in the NFL. Um, I don't know much about SMU. I, I'm going to take Tulane. And Tulane plays a ton of close games, too, this year, if I recall. I'm just going to take Tulane. Yeah, put much, me on Tulane as well there. Yeah, I'll, right. I'll, I'll lay that three and a half. I think that'll be. App State and Troy. Yeah, I had to add this one just because App State is just up the road from me, and um, they they really kind of snuck into the the championship game with some help from uh, James Madison, who is not eligible, right? So, uh, mm-hmm. but they, they went into James Madison, got that win, right? Uh, yeah, they. Right on. I mean, they they earned it, but I'm just saying, like it was a it was a they were a a mediocre they were a three and three football team through through the midpoint of the year. And then they've won five straight, including as you mentioned against the world. There you go. Yeah. I mean, listen, Boone is a, is a wonderful small town to visit. I still haven't gotten to a game there. I really want to do that. So give me the five and a half points with Appalachian state. All right. Well, I'll just pick the opposite and, uh, there you go. And, uh, pick Troy. So, uh, you know, I don't know much about Troy. I don't Uh, even know where it is. DeMarcus Ware. Great (laughs) alumni. That's the one I know random arrival from troy all right nfl side here we go so fun we're having fun last week we both went five six and one so the one was the uh both of us took the eagles laying three and they won by three yep um so we're we're really close on this side too i'm 53 52 and three you are 51 54 and three so anyone's game colts titans hitting lead off you have the titans at home getting a point i'm gonna take the colts it is so I, I, funny to pick these games like how how could you possibly tell the difference between these two teams you can't who misses the most tackles on this game or something like that right yeah like some yeah field field goals i mean it's just gonna be uh yeah i'm with you i'll take the colts all right couple couple guys taking the colts chargers patriots boy i cannot believe the nfl network put their the nfl films put this out did you see the uh, jabril peppers nope clip so he goes up to uh, Saquon Barkley. They're dapping it up after the game and said, you're lucky we're ass, is what he said. What? He said, you guys are lucky we're ass, which would mean me saying, Jabril saying, you're, you, you're lucky you guys won that game because we're really bad. We suck. And I, th- I found it interesting that they would put out a clip of a player saying his own team sucked. That's really interesting. It's also like a little that. illogical because like doesn't the one thing prove the other thing? um like yeah well it yeah yeah you, we, we, we yeah both you're bad you're gonna lose games when you're bad that's how being bad works yeah but i think basically he was saying his offense was the oh i see i see yeah but they, he didn't say the defense has been disappointing yeah. anyway that's that's delusional yeah. football player stuff man i <laughs> i get the hunch that he's saying collectively they're bad but i, yeah. I mean if it's a 10-7 game right I don't know how you could say anything other than your offense is. is no, bad. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. No, and and my yeah, it's it, you're right. It is. It's rare that that stuff gets publicized because typically they put that stuff under the hat. Um, I Patriots are getting five and a half at home. By the yeah, way, yeah, I'm laying the points with the Chargers here just because they, you know, all the flaws of the Chargers, which there are many. Uh, Justin Herbert can score. You know, against if they lose this game, Andrew. Then there's oh, no yeah. way they're letting. Staley come back to LA there's no I yeah. know you've talked about no this I know you yeah. said they're very anti end season mm-hmm. if they lose this game to the Patriots they are not letting that guy back there's no way the part that's interesting about the Patriots thing to me is that there's like legitimate multiple reports that Bill Belichick is going to get another job next year I've had friends who who like different teams out there who know their teams are going to be 
looking for a coach. And Belichick gets brought up in the chat. They want nothing to do with him. Who would? Nothing to do with him. So He's proven no ability to build a team outside of what he built with Tom Brady. And I think he deserves credit for that, by the way. But it has been a a, a real – and I think, I think now is the time – like for years and years, people would always say, well – there's 31 NFL teams, the way they do things, and then there's the Patriots, right? The way that he treats players, the way the expectations that he has, the way he practices, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That stuff, it's at a certain point, if you're not winning, that stuff goes, you know, it's like leaving milk out. It goes bad fast, right? Like, I, I just don't see how they hang on long-term, whether it's the Panthers or wherever else he goes. If they're if they're 6-10, and 10, or 6-11, and 11, I guess now, who who's buying in? You know, like... At a certain point, the guys coming in the league were five years old when he was winning Super Bowls. Belichick post Tom Brady, seven and nine, 2020. Mm -hmm. 10 and seven, made the playoffs, got blown out in the wild card. Eight and nine last year, two and nine this year. It's interesting. Someone's going to hire him. Someone. Yeah. I, I, and I, 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 you can make the argument that if he, if he gets his head out of his ass with his staff hires, he could be an okay head coach. But I don't. I think he's too old and too stubborn to change that stuff. I don't see him suddenly being like, "Oh, you know what? I, I you know, I'm going to go hire Ken Dorsey as my offensive coordinator and just let him run the offense." He's not going to do it. Yeah. Well, you heard it here, folks. Anti Belichick, giving all the credit to Tom Brady, Andrew. So that's a, that's what uh, you guys heard. <laughs> there we go. I almost Lions, yeah. Lions, Saints. We're moving on. Lions, Saints. It is uh, Saints getting four and a half at home. You know, I kind of like the Saints in this one. Mm. Just because it's a weird season. The Lions haven't been playing that well of late. I think they could win by a field goal here, but the Saints at home and the Dome is interesting to me. Which way are you going? Well, I'm going to lay the points because Jared Goff gets another Dome game, you know, mm. and he, he loves to throw in a Dome. I think the Saints defense has been disappointing as of late, so it's not even like they can kind of hang around. I think, I think the Lions are basically the Saints, but they're better at everything they – they do they're more physical they can run the ball better you know all that stuff so yeah I'll, I'll lay the points on the road okay i'll take the points and uh the saints in that one jets i'm not making that a money line game though don't feel that good about it jets uh at home against the falcons uh let's see here so they're getting two points i i i think the falcons win by a field goal so i'm gonna go with the falcons jets with the boil and all that no no, no thanks yeah it's so funny. Like I, I really spent some time last night with the, the playoff machine thing for the first time this season. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there, there's just some, like the jets pop up on people's schedule and it's just so hard to expect them to win any of these games down the stretch, you know? And even with this Aaron Rodgers thing swirling, I saw his quote yesterday where he said, what's the worst that could happen? I've got another six months to rehab it for next year anyway. So his philosophy of wellness is essentially, I can get hurt whenever I want. I'll just take another six months and rehab. Yeah, I mean the theory for him is now Achilles injuries are nothing. They're right. just they're just yeah. these things that At don't matter. Like a high ankle sprain. Mm -hmm. um, Pesky. I know you're generally anti Falcons this year. Are you going mm -hmm. with them in this one? Or are you against them? Oh, do you want to know who I pick? Should I should I mention who I'm choosing? Pick, uh, yeah, that's important. Mm, okay. Uh, I, you know what? I'm going to take the Jets. Call me crazy in a game that, a game that nobody will remember. Yep. Um, all right. Cardinals Steelers Steelers uh, laying five and a half at home. Uh, yeah, this is fun. Mm -hmm. I think the Steelers win by six. I'm going to have to take the Steelers. It's yeah. I'm laying the lumber with the Steelers as well. I, I, 
I'm not sold that the offensive coordinator thing fixed everything, but I do think they stopped shooting themselves in the foot as much, which is a great first step. It, yeah. You know, stop doing that first. That plus with the way their defense is playing, I, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I would love for the Cardinals to pull the upset here because the the Steelers' path from here on in is so easy, um, relative so even to the Browns. So, yeah, uh, the Steelers are on track to be a, a playoff team, and and I don't think anybody can believe that. Outgained by six hundred yards this year, mm-hmm. playoff team. Yep. All right, Dolphins at Commanders. They're they are laying nine and a half on the road. To the uh, commanders, yeah, I'm, I, take the, I'm I'm taking the Dolphins. Yep, this is a, sorry, you, you can lay these big spreads with the Dolphins. They they cover them. It's just how it works. Did they did they not two weeks ago? I forget. Uh, yeah, there was one they they screwed up recently. Yep, I can't. Okay, remember we're still going to hold on to the historical nature. I, of what it's they been do. money almost the entire season. Uh, it was the Raiders. They didn't cover against the Raiders, but yeah, then they were right. right back to it against the Jets last week. So I would think that this is a game at the beginning of the season people would kind of laughed at Broncos and Texans, but boy, does it have importance to what is going on in the wild card picture in the yeah. AFC. These teams mm-hmm. both need this win. The Texans are getting three at home. I really think I'm going to take the Texans and the money line as my pick this week for the money line. That's where I was at too. I cannot believe the Texans are underdogs here. I, I really don't. I, I think the Broncos are getting – I still continue to think they're getting too much credit. I guess – the Broncos are my Steelers, right? Where I will just refuse to believe they're any good until long after they've proven to everybody else that they're good. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm not going to money line it, but I will take the Texans here. All right. You have that money line. Don't forget to use it. It's I, a may, free I token might not. Every I week. might not. Oh, man. That's a bummer. Mm. You don't pick upsets enough then. All right. Panthers at Bucks. Uh, it's time for me. The Bucks are four and seven to admit that my uh, NFC South prediction of the Buccaneers long shot is over. So they're not out of it, obviously, but I just the vibes aren't strong, Andrew. Mm. Uh, Bucks do win this one, though. Uh, I will say that they win it by a touchdown, twenty-seven twenty, something like that. So I'll take the Bucks. I'm gonna try the fired coach angle here and take the okay. Panthers. Um, I, I, I think there's a chance that Frank Reich is just a really not good offensive coach, yeah. and has. I, you know, I, I I don't know exactly how I would explain his success over the years, given that theory. I'm just advancing it because I, I, I think there's real concerns about Bryce Young as a prospect at this point, but I don't think anybody thought they would be that hopeless on offense, and they really were. So, yeah, let's maybe there's a bounce back here. Plus, you're getting the five points. The truth behind who they really wanted at quarterback there is fascinating. I hate I hate the, the 14 different stories and sides, but I wish I really knew who wanted Bryce over CJ. That'd be interesting to know. Uh, I, Brown. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, listening to any NFL owner talk about the way they think about football is the most upsetting thing in the world. We all spend all of this time trying to think it through logically and rationally. And like, what, if you were the, if you were the Panthers GM, what would you do? And then the owner comes out in a press conference and just vomits into a microphone for 20 minutes. And you're like, oh, that's how it's actually, that's how these conversations are actually going. It's it's like when you go to, you know, a family, whatever, and your uncle has had like two drinks and yeah. is trying to explain something about space to you. And you're just like, I, none of this is right. I don't know what the truth is, but I know this isn't it. And that's that's the NFL owners talking about their football teams, man. They, they don't know what they're doing. And then they get these conversations with these football GMs. and The GMs just want to, like, keep their job. It, it gets so weird so fast. Yeah, I mean, and it's honestly the same as the uncle talking about football, like they haven't any idea right. what they're talking right. about. Yeah, and they don't. Well, you got to run to win. 
<laughs> yeah. What do you think of uh what do you think of the decision not to okay. All right, yeah, man. Right, We're exactly. Good. Let's yep. gonna go get a soda. I'll yeah, yeah. I was thinking back. about getting another those sweet potatoes. Boy. Ooh, Ooh, good. All right, here we go. Uh listen, Browns Rams. This one's next to your four o'clock slate here. It is three and a half. The Rams are getting uh giving, laying three and a half at home. I don't know. <laughs> this is the Browns game I've felt like I don't know. I feel like part of me says that this is a Rams win. Then there's part of me like I've counted these guys out before and they have found some way to get it done. But my my gut deep down in there says that the Rams are going to win by like six points, something like that, 23-17 or something yeah along those lines so this, i'm gonna take the rams this really feels like the inflection point of the season now, there's been other ones but this is the most recent one last week you know it is what it is i had a, a a kind of fun streak going where i was picking against the browns every week and they were winning and then i was tempted to do that against the broncos and i switched because i was just like there's no way they're gonna lose to the broncos so i screwed that up uh so that would now say on, that would say pick, yeah exactly that would say pick the rams here but I think the whole Kevin Stefanski off a loss thing is real, you know. All right, I, I really think it's real, and I think I, I, you know, even if they lose by a field goal, you're still winning if you're taking three and a half. And I, I see this being a very close game. Okay, there we are. Marquee game of the weekend: Eagles hosting the 49ers. And man, the Eagles are getting three points at home. A lot of belief again. Brock Purdy on the road. I mean, I don't, I don't trust it, man. Getting points is what I want to take. Uh, I will take the points here with the Eagles and feel pretty comfortable about it. And I, I would imagine the Eagles are feeling a significant amount of national disrespect for that line. So I will take the Eagles quite comfortably in this one. Yeah, it's an interesting line. I, I, the Eagles are kind of like the Browns, but you know, much more high profile, but they just keep finding ways to win games week after week, um, kind of grinding teams out. And I mean, they were, they were nowhere in that Buffalo game for the majority of it. And, you know, they just kept sticking around and then they found a way to win in the end. So I, I, I definitely think like the analytics movement has come so far that now we express, or I'm sorry, expect regression to the mean to happen like instantaneously, mm-hmm. but you don't, like the NFL is a small enough sample that sometimes teams can get on a heater that is statistically inexplicable, but actually persists. I mean, we already talked about the Steelers. The Eagles are doing the same thing. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think I want those three points. I, I think on a neutral field, I would pick the 49ers, but I, I think home field advantage is going to matter here. There's a chance that the weather is a factor. I don't have yeah. the forecast in front of me. Yeah. Give me the three points. Packers playing a little better football of late. Hosting the Chiefs, getting six points. Where are you going on that one? I'll, I'll uh, take the points with the Packers. Okay. Um, I'll take I don't, the Chiefs. I don't love it, but I do think, you know, home games, Lambeau Field at night can be a little spicy. And I, we're still thinking the Chiefs' offense is broken, right? I thought they started to figure some things out second half there against the Raiders. Oh, some throws. Uh-oh. Just me. I'm an idiot though, so take that for what it's worth. Okay. Well, well I guess we'll see. What the Raiders jumped out seventeen nothing on them, and then yeah, then they it was a big comeback for them together for sure. 31-17, I think was the final there. Mm-hmm. So I just think they'll beat them by a touchdown. It's again not not running away, but yeah, 
I like a touchdown there. All right, last one is Bengals-Jags, which would have been a great game if Burrow was involved, but he's not. So you get Jake Browning again. We saw the deficiencies last week. But, you know, Jags defense can be very capricious, man. So I don't know. It's eight and a half they're laying here. But it is a primetime game in Jacksonville. They don't get many of those. So I think the environment's going to be really raucous. I think I'm going to take a 10-point Jags win. Yeah, I... I think I agree with you. I, I was just looking to see. So Burrow, when did Burrow get hurt? Was that against the Ravens? Can you remind me? Or was that against? No, it was the Ravens. Yeah. It was the Ravens. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, this is the last thing I'll say about this playoff machine thing. That's right. It was the Thursday nighter. Um, but the the that injury affects the Browns playoff chances more than anybody would believe because the, the Bengals play the Steelers twice the Jaguars and the Colts. So like there, there, there are four games there that you'd like the Bengals to be able to win. And I think they, they were at the point with, with six losses where they still had to go to Kansas city. So even if they lose one of them, they are, they're missing, but they're helping the Browns out by, by beating some teams that the Browns need to lose. It's just funny that I, you know, with Jake Browning, I, I kind of feel like Jake, I don't know how you feel. I kind of feel like, I don't like them in any of these games going forward. You know, like they, no. they seem pretty bereft, honestly. So, um, you know, next week they've got the Colts at home that, you know, that's a game with Burrow. You're picking the Bengals 10 times out of 10. Right. So, uh, to, to this, to this game, I think eight and a half is, is tall, but I do think the Jags can like get the lead and then, and then lean on the Bengals a little bit. The Bengals defense has been disappointing too. So um, yeah, I'll lay the points. Hey, those DBs might not just be able to step in and thrive, you know, yeah. we talked about this before the year. But we, we did. Stupid we did. For thinking it, it, that. I, it is nice. This is, you know, ha- having gone on the record with so many takes uh, for the first time in, in my life. Um, it's nice to see a few of them come to fruition, frankly. Yeah, we're always going to focus on the ones we get right. So just we have you guys to, legally there, required. If you're tracking that, just ignore things we've gotten wrong. Anyway, all right, that's a show. Long show. Wrapped it up. Uh, I guess tomorrow I will have a Rams guest to do a little behind enemy line segment. And then I will update you on the all important Friday injury report and all that comes with that. So keep your eye out for that podcast. Um, you know, we'll, we'll uh, have your Sunday one as well. And then Andrew and I will get back with you on Monday. Let's hope. The injury report treats us well here on the Friday evening practice slate that we will see. That should be out around 4 or 5 o'clock Eastern time. So there you go. All right, that's a wrap for today. Thanks for stopping by. If you did, making the OBR a part of your uh, podcast lineup and a a part of your day. So have a great Friday. And uh, I would like everybody to, if you can, rate and review the podcast. That's always appreciated. And stop by the OBR website. Take advantage of the great offers we have going on there to join us. So um, like I said, thanks for being here on uh your weekend podcast adventure and and some of you have dropped by those spotify um you know how much time you've spent listening to this podcast those are so cool to see if you want to really drop cool. those on twitter um we would really appreciate that it makes it yeah all very much worth it for the time it takes to do these shows and the and the editing and all that stuff so it's been we, uh, go ahead. also yeah. really interesting to see all of the people that or the other podcasts that were like that like people's podcast feeds, you know, like, and how, like mm-hmm. what the other podcasts are that are at the, in the top five. Um, there was one guy that had us above the Joe Rogan experience, which I appreciate that, man. You know, like, uh, for us to, to get ahead of Joe Rogan there is big, you know, for me pers- personally and professionally. <laughs>
I'm going to send that to Joe as yeah. uh, just oh, a reminder sure. yeah, to him. You, you're DMing with him all the time. Yeah. It, it is nice that, you know, some of you will listen to the broad, like PFT and all these others, mm-hmm. and then we're in the middle of that for your Browns. No, conference. it feels great. Yeah, I, I kind of made a joke there, but the but the genuine sentiment is that uh, it is it's it's awesome company, frankly. Like to see to <laughs> see you know like the PFF guys and yeah, like you said, the PFT guys. It's really cool to or uh, pardon my take, guys, is what I meant to say. Um, it's really cool to see uh, the way people have us stacked up in there, and you know a lot of comments about you know just like how much people enjoy spending their day with us. I, I feel like, you know, we're, we're talking the two of us, Jake, but I do feel like I've had enough conversations with listeners at this point to feel like I'm talking to them as well. So it's, it, it does, even though it probably doesn't always feel like a two way street. I, I hope it does sometimes that like you can talk back to us and ask us questions and that sort of stuff that we're actually really engaging with everybody who's listening. So thank you all very much. Yeah, especially the mailbag stuff. We try to give everybody a voice. So keep keep doing that. Keep it up. And we'll check back in with you this weekend and then get with you after the Browns. Hopefully take care of business out in L.A. Until then, thanks for stopping by. Go Browns. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.